0: There are six C's of governance success for owners and boards. Number one, culture. Setting the tone, establishing your culture, and being intentional about it. Number two, communication. Being clear about what's being communicated, to whom and when, and also what's not being communicated. The board deals with many things that need to remain confidential and it's important to be clear about what is appropriate to share and what is not. Chairperson. You may rotate this position or it may be elected or appointed for a term or on an ongoing basis. We see groups structure this in any of those ways. Welcome to Medical Money Matters, the podcast where you can find experts, answers, and resources so that you can achieve mastery over the financial and business aspects of your practice. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Jill Arena. I began my career in accounting and finance, and I have more than 30 years of experience running medical groups. I own and operate a national healthcare consulting and revenue cycle company, and I am the author of Physician Heal Thy Financial Self. In 2020, I co founded the Physician Leadership Project, and my passion is to increase financial and business literacy for physicians. Episode 33 Governance versus Leadership versus Management and Utilizing a Decision Matrix. Since we don't give physicians any business training as part of your education, we wind up seeing many groups that have governance, leadership, and management totally conflated. We see groups of physician owners who spend far too little time in oversight and some who spend far too much time mired in the day-to-day operations. The trick is to get it just right where leading the group is concerned. Let's start with a quick description of each. Governance is setting the vision for the organization and being the steward of that vision calling for course correction when necessary, and overseeing the leaders. All of the business owners should be involved in this to some extent. Leadership is implementing the vision of the owners or board and carrying out their instructions, shaping and sharing a compelling vision for everyone in the organization to follow. Some of the business owners and your executive staff should be engaged in these activities. Management is implementing the vision, taking care of the day-to-day needs of the entity and its people, making it happen. One or two of your physician owners, your executive staff, and your management staff should be engaged at this level. Governance concerns itself with how the entity is run, how it makes decisions, and who is empowered to make decisions at what level. It's important to remember the board's relationship to management. When we think about the above descriptions and how the owners get involved in governance versus leadership versus management, this really becomes an exercise in delegation of authority. You cannot have the entire board or ownership group involved in the day to day running of the practice. It's not practical and it's not effective. The board should vest the management team with authority over financial and internal controls and the implementation of those. Leadership should oversee that management is getting those in place and the owners should review the financial statements once a month and make larger financial decisions. Leadership should work on budget creation and oversight and the board should approve the budget or request changes. Management's role is to manage the operations within the approved budget and to explain any variance from the budget, as we discussed way back in episode number three. In some groups, we observe that the owners or partners have abdicated much of the oversight, which is risky. If there isn't enough of the right kind of oversight from the board, this can leave the practice at risk for embezzlement. Contrary to this, we do see some groups where there is way too much involvement from the physician owners on a daily basis, and they are underutilizing their management and leadership teams. Sometimes this happens after a group has been embezzled, and sometimes it is just part of the culture. Either way, it is a missed opportunity. Overall, the board or owner's role should be one of monitoring and accountability, not actually attempting to manage the group. As my friend and national healthcare consultant Steve Franey says, there are six C's of governance success for owners and boards. Number one, culture, setting the tone, establishing your culture, and being intentional about it. Number two, communication, being clear about what's being communicated, to whom, and when, and also what's not being communicated. The board deals with many things that need to remain confidential, and it's important to be clear about what is appropriate to share and what is not. Chairperson. You may rotate this position, or it may be elected or appointed for a term, or on an ongoing basis. We see groups structure this in any of those ways. Most important is to have a chairperson president, chair of the board, medical director, whatever you call it, who is effective at leading your group. Number four, consensus. We talk a lot about having this as a decision-making model, and along with this comes the notion of disagree and commit. If your group has a commitment to making decisions by consensus, that doesn't mean that everyone always agrees. It does mean that you can disagree, but when the group makes a decision based on the consensus, everyone must commit to it. Present a united front. Number five, change. It is the only constant, and your group needs to be facile at making change and managing that. More on that in a future episode. And number six, consultation. Many boards don't consult experts outside of the practice, even when making large decisions. We highly recommend using ex officio members of your board, like your practice accountant or attorney, or a consultant or other trusted advisor. Most will be humbled to be asked, and some will do it at no cost, although I would always assume that you'd pay them for their time and expertise, if you value it. Now, at this point, you may be asking, how can we assure that everyone stays in their lane, and how can we assure that decisions are made at the appropriate level? We highly recommend developing and utilizing a decision matrix, which can also be known as an authority matrix. This is a simple grid. It should be a one-pager at most. Running down the left side, it outlines levels of decisions, such as financial spending limits, human resources authority limits, such as who can counsel or discipline a manager or a physician or an owner, and other governance level items. Across the top, we recommend outlining positions or individuals, so you might list your site managers or leads, practice manager, administrator or CEO, executive committee, and board. You can find an example of a decision matrix at the medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com website. Once you have this drafted, discuss it at the board level first and get input and agreement. After that, you can socialize it at all levels and garner input. Once you've done that and have a final draft, you can bring it to one of the board meetings for approval at the board level. Be sure to include it in your minutes as this becomes an important governance tool. Refer to it frequently until everyone is familiar with it and include it in the official orientation of anyone who holds a position that appears on it so that they are clear on their authority and the boundaries of it. Encourage them to ask questions too. Review and update it once a year at your strategic planning retreat or at times of change or upon major events, and then live it. Support everyone making decisions at their appropriate level, and do not second-guess or revisit. If someone makes a decision you do not agree with, or one you would not have made, begin by asking questions and seeking to understand why they made the decision they did. Approach it from a place of curious, not with any kind of, why the hell did you make that goofy decision? Energy. Once you fully understand their thought process and rationale for the decision, you have two choices. Number one, honor it and do the coaching about what you'd like them to do next time. Or two, reverse it. Do this with extreme caution and very infrequently and explain the why of it until they understand your perspective and why it needed to be reversed. Again, do not do this often as it undermines the person who made the decision and can leave them feeling untrusted. This may seem a bit foreign to the group at first, but stick with it and it will become a part of your culture. It'll clean up your processes and it should clear up a lot of confusion. After a while, you'll wonder how you ever got along without one. Join me for our next episode where we'll do a deeper dive into appropriate oversight by practice owners. You can find more information online at medicalmoneymatterspodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the Medical Money Matters content website for physician leaders to find budget templates and many other tools. We've included those links in the show notes. As I like to close out these podcasts... Congratulations on taking the next step in your professional development and for making the commitment to learn about the financial and business aspects of your practice. I look forward to being on this journey with you and send you my heartfelt gratitude for all that you do for your patients all day, every day.